What's up, what's up, and welcome to another edition of the Mad Nucleus Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Felton, for those that do know, and for those who don't know. Again, thank you all for listening to today's show. And of course, you know the routine about signing up to Anchor and Spotify. All you need is your email, a password, and you're all set to go. All right. Let's start off today's show talking about the wrap-up of this week's matchups. All right. First on the board, we had already went over the Thursday night game. Now let's talk about what went on Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night. First up is the Vikings visiting the Lions. And congratulations to the Detroit Lions on getting their first win finally this year. This was a crazy, wacky game. And to be honest, the Lions should have lost this game as well. But the Vikings have been one of them teams that can't get out of their own way. Um, The score was 29 to 27. Uh. Late in the fourth quarter, the Lions had a fourth and one, I believe, and Jared Goff gets sacked or something like that. And it's like, well, same old Lions. The Vikings are going to take this and win it. You know, when the Vikings go to 0-12 and 1 or whatever it is that they're now, is now, but the Vikings couldn't convert. And all of a sudden, the Lions are driving again with time. Last seconds left. Golf throws a bullet in the end zone to his receiver or is it is tight end and boom, game over. The Lions rejoice. It's the Super Bowl for them. The fans rejoice. After so many weeks of frustration, they finally get their moment this year. Congratulations to the Lions. But what went on into this game? Ah, yes. Kirk Cousins went 30 of 40. 340 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And they ran the ball pretty well. Alexander Madison had 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. You know, the running game was there. The passing game was there. They played balanced football. But why did they lose? Was it turnovers? Or they couldn't drive the ball in crucial moments and score when it counted? That's what it sounded like because actually the Lions – actually had a sizable lead in this game. And little by little, it disintegrated, only for it to come down to their last uh, second game-winning drive. Justin Jefferson had a monster game, 11 receptions for 102, 82 yards and a touchdown. But let's see what went on on the Lions' side, shall we? Jared Goff, 25 for 41 296 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. Reminiscent of his Super Bowl year with the Rams. Jamal Williams, 17 carries, 71 yards. They ran the ball pretty solidly here, too. Yardage-wise, the Vikings had the Lions. But the Lions converted the touchdown drive that gave them their first victory. All right. Next up is... The Buccaneers visiting the Falcons. Now, this game was close at first. I remember watching the score at uh, the first quarter and the second quarter, and it was a pretty close game with the 
Buccaneers having something like a 13 to 7 lead or something. And then they just went on and chipped away with the lead and just won it in the second half. They dominated the second half. So what went on in this game, let's find out. Tom Brady with 38 of 51, 368 yards, four touchdowns in the pick. Vintage for Tom Brady. Bruce Arians loves to run, uh, loves to throw the ball, much like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick does. Well, Bill Belichick changed his philosophy. We can get on that later. But, you know, throwing offense, you know, Leonard Fournette, all of them didn't have a good rushing game, didn't need to, apparently. And that's that for that one. But let's look at what the Falcons did. Matty Ice. 30 or 41, 297 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Wow. Matty Ice has really fallen off much like Big Ben Roethlisberger has. I mean, that is uncharacteristic of him not to have any touchdowns in the game, especially you remember a stretch where Matty Ice for about five or six years was throwing two or more touchdowns in his sleep in games. Now it's, it's just been, you know, a lot of games where he throws one, a couple of games he throws two, and now we're seeing him throwing none. I don't know what's going on with that. But they ran the ball pretty solidly. Uh, Gordell Patterson, 13 with 78 yards. Nobody can uh, score a touchdown, but nobody in the running game scored a touchdown. The defense had to score a touchdown. That's what it was. And they kicked, what, two field goals? No, they they had the, the defense or the special teams are scoring the touchdowns for the Falcons in this game. That's just terrible. Pathetic, man. Ugh. 30 to 17. Bucks. Next up is the Cardinals and the Bears. Now, I was certain that the Cardinals could have been had in this game because they were playing in a tough environment. The weather in Chicago was nasty and dreary. But Chicago, again, with that bad old line and some of that, 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 that questionable to horrible coaching, they couldn't get out of their own way. Kyler Murray didn't even have that good of a game. 11 for 15, he was efficient. 123 yards, but he threw two touchdowns and no picks in his return. He pretty much game managed, made the plays when necessary, and there, there you have it. I mean, you know, Connor had a, a solid game, 20 carries, 75 yards. He also had a touchdown in receiving. DeAndre Hopkins comes back two for 32. And, you know, but what in the world why the Bears could not keep up? Andy Dalton, 26 of 41, 229 yards, two touchdowns. But check this, four picks. Yeah, and y'all keep saying Justin Fields ain't ready. The only reason why Justin Fields ain't ready is because he's a rookie and the Bears have a bad old line. But Andy Dalton, he's been ready. He's out. He's, he's as good as he's going to get. The red rifle, done. 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 Whenever Justin Fields comes back, it'll be better. I mean, it's time we, we get rid of this narrative of not being ready. We can talk more about that a little later on this show, too. But David Montgomery had 21 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. He ran pretty solidly that day. 
in this game. You know, not a lot going on in receiving, but, you know, it's clearly that it's uh, Arizona's year this year because they weathered the storm with Colt McCoy. They go, what, two, three and one, two and one with Colt McCoy actually making plays, not just managing the game, but making plays. Go look at that Seattle game. He was making plays in that game. The, 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 the touchdown drive. At the end of that game, he was actually making plays. They weathered the storm with him, and now Kyler Murray is back, got to come back and get back to where he was before the injury and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just Arizona's year, and if they don't do something this year, they'll be in the same predicament the Niners was, you know, bottom feeding in the division because of probably injuries and losing players. This is their year to try to get it done, and we will see if that will happen. Next up is the Jaguars and the Rams. I mean, at first, in the first quarter, this was kind of close. The Rams didn't do a lot of scoring, but neither did the Jaguars. And they finally got on the board in the second quarter. It was 13-7. to And then the Rams just said, you know what? Enough screwing around. We got to win this game. And boom. This was a game they could not afford to lose. This was a game that they should have won, and they did win. You know, Trevor Lawrence went 16-28, to 145 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Carlos Hyde, yeah, nine carries, 24 yards, and a touchdown. He scored the only touchdown. Yeah, nothing else went on for the Jaguars here. Matthew Stafford, 26 of 38, 295 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Sonny Michelle, 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. They finally found their running game at least for a week, it seems like. Cooper Cup, eight. Receptions, 129 yards, a touchdown. You know he was going to get get his. So, you know, I mean, what else? They could not afford to lose this game. What else could they have not done right in this game? They had been on a three, four game losing skid. This was their game to rebound. They did that as I suspected. But this, this year in the NFL especially, wackier things have happened. We've seen it. So never take for granted that any game is a gimme, but this game they should not have lost and they they won. So, you know, not much of a story here. Next up, the Ravens and the Steelers. Now, you know, every time these two teams meet, I don't care what one has done or the other has done. They could have totally different paths, one being great, the other being terrible. But when these two teams meet, Anything can happen. And boy, did anything happen. The Ravens started off in this game having something like a 13 to nothing lead. It looked bad for the Steelers. But they rallied back. And Big Ben was showing flashes of the old Big Ben from, let's say, eight, seven to eight years ago. Lamar Jackson went 23 of 37, 253 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He ran for 55 yards on eight carries. But why in the world did they let the Steelers come back? The Steelers needed that one win to help them come back and get into the game. And, you know, this was it. Big Ben went 21 of 31, 236 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. Sounds like the big man of old. Yep. Najee Harris, 21 carries, 71 yards. 
I didn't watch this game too much. I was doing something else. But Dante Johnson had eight receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Michael Fitzpatrick had a he had a pick. You know, that pick might have been the turning point of the game. I think it probably was. But you know, the highlight of this game was um whoever the starting corner for the Ravens, because they're so thin at cornerback that he went out for the year. And I'm like, wow, it's only so much you can weather a storm with so many injuries. This team is riddled with injuries, and yet they still compete. This is why injuries is not an excuse. However, this time of year with injuries in a position where you're already thin at, it's, it's, it's only so much you can do, so you have to cut whoever or whatever some slack on that. You know, that's how I'm looking at it. You know, it, this is the worst time of year to have any kind of injuries, especially if it's going to keep them out for three, four or five weeks or out for the year. Because when they're out for the year at this point in the season, it stalls their their comeback for next year because it didn't happen in September. It happened in December. You get what I'm saying? The, the, the healing process, you know, takes longer now. That's why it sucks to have injuries now, have guys go down with injury now than it is in September. You know, this is this should be the time of year where people should be getting people back. But you know how that go. This is how the game works. Some teams get their guys back and they, you know, some don't. Some lose guys. Next up is the Colts and the Texans. Blowout, shutout. Coach 31 and nothing over the Texans. The Texans, uh, they're, ju they're just a forgotten team. They're just there to fill the void of having 32 teams. At least the Lions and the Jaguars are competing and got something under their belt. This Texans team won two games, but it don't feel like they won two games. Carson Wentz didn't even have to really do nothing. 16 of 22, 158 yards and a touchdown. He didn't have to do a whole lot. The running game did the job. Jonathan Taylor, again, 32 carries, 143 yards, and two touchdowns. Deion Jackson scores a touchdown. The Texans, nobody did anything. Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills splitting time. What did they play? Musical chairs with quarterbacks? Tyrod Taylor throws a pick and they put in Davis Mills like he's any better. Folks, playing musical chairs with quarterbacks, it's one thing that a quarterback may play bad and you decide to bench him. But you start in one quarterback one week, then start another quarterback the next week, then going back to another quarterback, signing a third quarterback, have him start, is a recipe for sheer to disaster. You get what I'm saying? X amount of years ago, that happened with my team. And I'm like, oh, my God, just stick with a quarterback, for Christ's sakes. Just stick with a quarterback, please. You got to develop some continuity, folks. And that's what the Texans are going through. They miss Deshaun Watson more than they think. 
If anybody would have said they didn't miss Deshaun Watson, man, he's a troublemaker, you're sadly mistaken. With Deshaun Watson, they'd be four games better easy by now, but we're not even going to get in that. That's hypotheticals. Next up, the Giants visiting the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been red hot. This is the Dolphins team that should have been playing this good earlier in order to keep that division competitive because the AFC East, Contrary to popular belief, it's worse than the NFC East. And you're going you're gonna to understand why I say, say why so in a few minutes. The Giants are herky-jerky. They're inconsistent. 20 to 9 Dolphins. The Giants are just inconsistent. Mike Glennon, 23 of 44, 187 yards, zero touchdowns and a pick. That guy's still playing in the league, Mike Glennon? Well, everybody needs a backup or a third string. So, you know, Danny Dimes out with the neck injury and stuff like that. That might would have determined some more of the outcome in this game. But, you know, turning the ball over ain't helping. And Saquon Barkley didn't really have much of a game. 11 carries, 55 yards. Tua, 30 or 41, 244. Two touchdowns, no picks. Again, Tua got that leadership quality, man. He gets more flack than anybody. But like I said before, several times before, when he's in the game, the Dolphins at least compete if they don't win. They've been winning. Four or five games straight, they've been winning. That's not to be taken for granted, folks, in this league, the way this year has been going. I mean, Jalen Waddle had a good game. Nine receptions, 90 yards. I mean, they did what they were supposed to, a good defensive effort, because they pride themselves on defense down there with Flores in them. He just needs to leave the quarterback situation alone. Next up is the Eagles and the Jets. Eagles win it 33-18, as they should have. Gardner Minshew, 20 of 25, 242, two touchdowns, and no picks. You know something? I like Gardner Minshew. I always have. It was something about Gardner Minshew. You know, he has that quality. You know, if he's in the game, your team will be competitive, much like Tua. And he's the perfect backup for Jalen Hurts to have. And, you know, they could, you know, with two quarterbacks as good as them, the Eagles would be just fine. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. Don't know if they will. It's hard to say with the Eagles. It's hard to know what kind of team they are, but they, they will be competing. But they ran the ball exceptionally well. Miles Sanders, 24 carries, 120 yards. Dallas Golder, six reception, 105 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, bro. Balance. Balance is the key. Zach Wilson, 23 of 38, 226, two touchdowns and a pick. Is he a turnover machine? Well, when you play for the Jets, everybody's a turnover machine. Just something about them. Them, the Jaguars, certain teams. Where they will struggle. Tevin Coleman didn't have much of a game. 11 carries, 58 yards. 
Elijah Moore had a pretty solid receiving game, six receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. And that's 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 all there is did it at. You know, nothing else, you know. The Eagles pretty much dominated this game. Not even worth watching. Next is the Chargers and the Bengals. Man, what a wacky game that was, bro. If anybody was watching that game, you if you would have told me that game would have been like that, I'd be like, no way. These two teams are so much alike. But when the Chargers visited Cincinnati, they were two teams on opposite sides of the spectrum. The Chargers was fading at the end of the season. They lost games they shouldn't have been losing, and they were dragging out of the race where the Bengals was trying to make a claim for first place in their division and possibly something like a number two spot maybe. But that wasn't the case. The Chargers jumped on them early. It was 24 to nothing. And I just turned away from it because it was like, man, they just getting, they getting dragged. The Bengals are getting dragged at home. Cold weather, they're getting dragged at home by a warm weather city. And then I asked my dad, did you see this and this and that? He was like, it's a close game now. It's 24 to 22. And I said, say what? What happened? It was just like they, they, they all of a sudden got slapped in the face, had a wake-up call, and scored three touchdowns. But they couldn't score since then. The, the, the Chargers said, okay, back to basics. Let's score some more points and put this game away 41 to 22. Justin Herbert had 26 of 35, 317 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah. Like that, like that. Mike Williams, five receptions, 110 yards. Guyton, four receptions, 90 yards, a touchdown. Two touchdowns for Keenan Allen. He didn't have many yards, but he got them two touchdowns. The Bengals. Joe Burrow, 24-40, 300 on the dot, one touchdown, two picks. Eh. Joe Mixon had a touchdown, 19 carries, 54 yards. Joe, Joe Burrow uh, had a rushing touchdown. Tay Higgins, nine receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. But Jamar Chase didn't really have that great of a game, though. They've been uh, doing some things on Jamar Chase, and now he's forced to adjust. 41 to 22 Chargers. Next up is the WFTs visiting the Raiders. Man, you know what? Two boring, pathetic teams. But they're in the playoff mix because who is it besides about three teams? Tyler Heineke, 20 of 30, 23 of 30, 196 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Antonio Gibson, 23 carries, 88 yards. Logan Thomas got hurt in this game. He had a touchdown. But they say he it's not uh, season ending and he could play probably like again this year. That's good news. Raiders, Derek Carter, stat pattern, 28 of 38, 249 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Mm -hmm, yeah. When he doesn't throw a touchdown, the Raider does They don't win. They don't win. But now I got to hear these WFT fans talk like they're going to the Super Bowl. Sit down. Y'all still not like that. It's just that the last two years, the league has been so wacky. 
anybody can succeed. Even you bombs who haven't had any kind of success in I don't know how long. Well, Humble Pie is coming for you. Just like it came to the Raiders when y'all bought it to the Raiders. All world at the beginning of the season for the Raiders. Now they all girl now. They fading at the end of the season. That's what they do. Next up. The 49ers visiting the Seahawks. All right, family. You know I'm going to have a lot to say. And after this game, we'll be. I can talk about the uh, Broncos-Chiefs game and Patriots and Bills game. Matter of fact, let me get the Broncos-Chiefs game out of the way because nothing went on in this game. Chiefs winning a defensive effort 22-9. They don't scare anybody, but they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is win games on the strength of their defense, though, not their offense. Patrick Mahomes, no, Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a good game, 20-42-57. One touchdown, two picks. They ain't do nothing in this game. And neither did Patrick Mahomes. 15 of 29, 184 yards. No touchdowns and a pick. I mean, really though. Their defense is showing up at the right time. In their running game. It's showing up at the right time. I mean, what, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Got to get back to... Did their running game do anything? Yeah, their running game was pretty soft. No, this is the wrong game. Lord, man, what is wrong with this graph? All right, all right, we back, we back. But the Broncos running game did a little something, something, but it won't enough. The, the Chiefs did just enough to win. Okay, back to the Niners and the Seahawks. The Niners lose 30-23. Scored all their points in the first half, none in the second half. That is absolute pathetic. Patheticism. Absolutely. For those of you who are listening to this show, mainly Niner fans and some that are not, anybody that listens or going to listen, you ain't going to like me in this part of the show. Because I've said before, when you have a coach that doesn't stick with something that works, it's sure disaster. Outthinks himself, tries to be too cute. You're not going to win anything. You got a quarterback that's extremely limited. He's the guy you're depending on to take you far with limits. You had a perfect formula for three straight weeks to disguise him. And you refuse to stick with the formula because a defense shows you a different look. And you panic. It's like your kryptonite. You got chumped out of your game plan, Kyle Shanahan. Again, this ain't the first time you got chumped out your game plan. I can talk about all the other games, but we're going to talk about the two Super Bowls you were involved in. Well, all you had to do 
was do what you did best against teams that weren't good against the run. But they showed you one look that you didn't like and you panicked. That's what the Seahawks did. They played eight in the box. You know why they did that? Because they respect the running game. They feared the running game, but they don't fear the quarterback. They don't fear Jimmy G. Jimmy G does not scare any defense in the league, even the most basic. Sure, he'll have a few games where he'll cut up a defense, but a real smart and disciplined defense would play box and force him to throw over the top, which he is not good at at all. He's at the bottom of the league and throwing over the top. And I would like to point something else out. The previous matchup against the Seahawks, the game Jimmy got hurt in, I want you to go back and look at something. The first half Jimmy played, that's exactly the same defense the Seahawks played. We scored on the first drive and only came away with seven points. Kyle abandons the game plan again, and we don't score no more points until the second half. The defense was playing box the entire first half. Ken Norton's defense. And, and of course, Kyle got scared, panicked, went outside the norm. Knowing Jimmy is not good enough to beat anybody over the top. But when the second half started, they started Trey Lance because Jimmy got hurt. They went to a basic zone defense and we were able to put some points back on the board. You know why? Because they respect Trey Lance's abilities. They know he could have taken off at any given second and he was doing it. He was running all over the field wearing their defense out. He just didn't make enough plays to get us over the top to get us the win. And plus the turnovers didn't help either. This game was really no different. We started off running the ball a little bit. Ken Norton immediately plays box. Kyle abandons it. In particular, the first pick of the game, the, the, the first Jimmy G pick, you know, instead of just going ahead and running the ball because we were in our own territory trying to get into theirs, he tries to fool the defense with, with you know, with a simple drop back pass where Jimmy is just staring down one receiver and Bobby Wagner reads it and he picks it off. Bad decisions, threw it directly to the defense. Bad play call and a bad decision on Jimmy G, but more so is on Kyle for not at least attempting to run the ball. He doesn't, he, 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 he runs, um, he tries to run Elijah Mitchell, but he failed to realize he had two other healthy backs in the backfield with fresh legs and don't even use them. They had one carry between them. He had Trey Lance in goal line in short situations and he chooses not to use them. But you know what Kyle does? He runs a read option, a zone read option with Jimmy G. Jimmy G crumples and loses a yard. But the call, fortunately for us, gets called back because of a hole or a false start. And we're forced to punt the ball. Worst play call ever. I've seen him call. Wrong quarterback, Kyle. 
And let's talk about Jimmy G and his, his he, he, he can't make throws. He can't read defenses. I don't care what any of y'all say. Y'all say he's the best chance of us making the playoffs. That's only true because the running game has to get 40 touches and 200 yards every game. Not because of him throwing the ball. He can't make throws. He can't read a defense. Only thing he can do is dump it off in the flat and throw up the middle. He can't complete simple out passes and he can't throw deep. If we're down by more than 10 points late in games, he's going to have to learn how to throw it deep and not depend on the yak. That second pick, he tried to throw deep and get greedy um, with George Kittle, who had a monster game, by the way, two touchdowns, over 100 yards, about 10 receptions. He's not going to win us games throwing the ball. And Kyle needs to realize that as long as you have two or three healthy backs, he should run the ball by committee and not rely on one guy to do it. Y'all say Trey Lance ain't ready, but okay. I mean, but getting him some reps in these games is important to his growth. But you got a stubborn coach who doesn't believe in that. He thinks Jimmy can do it all. He ran a zone read on fourth and one with Jimmy G, the worst quarterback to do that with. You don't see Bruce Arians or Bill Belichick doing that with Tom Brady. You didn't see Sean Payton do that with Drew Brees, but leave it up to Kyle to do it. <laughs> I got to laugh at it because it's so funny. Oh, my goodness, man. Y'all can't blame the defense on this game because the defense got four turnovers and made some key stops when they needed to, but the offense could not score any points in the second half and it puts your defense in a bind. They can't do everything for you. This ain't the 1970s no more. You got weapons and don't use it, but that proves how important Debo was because we all know he would have been mouth-watering to use Debo like a running back instead of a, a, a receiver. And that's the reason why Debo is hurt. Again, Kyle, your receivers are not running backs. Your quarterbacks are not running backs. Use them what they are for. Yeah, they weapons, but you got to be smart with it. Next up is, last but not least, is the Monday night game. The Patriots visiting the Bills. Patriots win 14 to 10 on the strength of the running back on the running game because Mac Jones check this went two of three for 19 yards passing and they won the game. Hello, Kyle. Did you watch the game? Did you watch what Bill Belichick did? The Bills rushing defense was bad and it showed. Anytime the quarterback throws three passes and they still win. Many of you fans was labeling Kyle a genius. Ain't coached a down in the league as a head coach. But all I kept hearing was he was a genius. They were talking like he was the next Paul Brown or Tom Landry or Bill Walsh. Nah. 
when you're offensive coordinator, you only have to worry about so little. When you're a head coach, it's so much more to take in, to consider. How well you manage the clock and how well you call plays in crucial situations and what kind of plays define you as a coach. And so far, I'm not seeing it with Kyle. Many of you want to ride it out because you feel there's no better candidates, and that's fair to say. But who knows what what, what happened in the offseason, maybe next year or the year after. But I'm just not seeing it with Kyle. Sorry, Kimasabi. I'm not seeing it. But Bill Belichick, back to the Patriots game, had a formula, stuck with it, studied the weather reports and said, okay, my quarterback is limited. He's not going to be able to throw in these conditions. We're going to run the football 50 times. And it worked. In various ways, he ran the ball. Now, when you run the ball that many times, your running back will get hurt and their running back was hobbling. So they had to get other guys in there. I think his he just thought, yeah, he's the only power back we got or guy that we can rely on and do it, but it worked at the expense of a tweaked hamstring. But he stuck with it. Makes Belichick look like a genius. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's so genius to just run the ball, but, you know, you got to hope it works every time. And it worked every time against the Bills at their house in bad conditions. Against a more disciplined team, Mac Jones would have to throw more than three times. Against a better defense, he would have had to throw at least 15 times. But the Bills weren't disciplined enough. And that's what you got. All right. So let's wrap this up, folks. Thank you all for listening to the Mad Nucleus Podcast. And I will see you all again soon. Until then, peace them out.